Coming up on the show, hope all of you out there had a great Sunday. Latest San Francisco 49ers injury news, which does include a shoulder injury for Danny Gray. An honest and real evaluation of Trey Lance's performance last night against the Denver Broncos. And lastly, how ESPN disrespected Lance with their coverage on SportsCenter last night. Before we get started, loaded show coming your way. How do you think that Lance played against Denver with how he started, but how he finished making some really clutch plays, A, B, C, D, or F, let me know right now in the comment section. So let's begin with the latest 49ers injury news here. A little bit banged up on the injury report following that preseason week two game. Wide receiver Danny Gray, SC joint injury, is expected to miss week one. That is an injury that could linger further past that. More on him here in just a few moments. Running back Jeremy McNichols, who San Francisco brought in a couple of weeks ago out a few weeks because of a hamstring injury and then defensive lineman Kerry Hyder a stinger his injury status moving forward to be determined so with Hyder we'll see with Jeremy McNichols kind of unfortunate for him he had been playing well after not appearing in an NFL game for a couple of years wasn't going to make the team but San Francisco needs another camp body at that running back spot because of them being very conservative given the workload last year, the age, and the role that Christian McCaffrey is supposed to have this upcoming season. So they're limiting his workload a little bit. As for Danny Gray, let's spend a few moments talking about him and what this might mean for San Francisco. Kyle Shanahan, in an interview today with the media, said, We were worried it was a broken collarbone, which is usually eight weeks but it is still a pretty bad injury. It's no break, which is good, but it's similar to what safety George Odom is dealing with. It's still not great news, but it's better than a break. So Shanahan mentioning the obvious. This is an injury that's really, really painful when you get all of your weight and a a defensive player's weight to crash down on that shoulder. It's serious. It's a lot better, though, than... A collarbone injury, which would keep him out for a long period of time. I think that Gray could be out a little while. Small, twitchy, slighter type of players. So a shoulder injury like that could easily get re-aggravated if he were to get tackled on that same shoulder. For him, it sucks for him as well. I thought that he showed some juice on the opening kick return. And I was impressed with the speed that he had on that opening return, and that's the play that he got injured. I think I like his potential for that role. Talked about it a little bit after Ray Ray McLeod went down, and it's an opportunity for him to catch that kick and show off that 4-3 speed that he had at SMU and before that at the JUCO level, and probably a big reason why San Francisco drafted him. His role with this offense, he had a solid training camp at wide receiver. The problem with him, he's had some drops, he's had some injury issues, but starting to make some strides for a player who, as far as being an NFL guy going into year two, even year one, maybe a little bit immature as far as his football readiness at this level. But with Gray, if he is healthy and he can get some snaps every single game offensively, that 4-3 vertical speed to take the top off of the defense I think is really valuable for San Francisco because with that offense, they run a lot of crossers, overs, a lot of the routes for the receivers and tight ends are underneath, down the numbers, down the hashes, and some of those crossing routes. With Gray, though, he can unlock some of that, in my opinion, and I think San Francisco's front office saw that as well, with that speed to get up and down the field very 
fast and reel in some of those long balls. And at the very least, he just demands attention when you have that speed element either on the outside or in that inside slot. But what this also means, with Danny Gray being out, maybe for an extended period of time, I want to see what they do with his injury status as far as his roster spot because after the game last night, Ronnie Bell has earned a roster spot. And it looks as though Ronnie Bell is the newest addition to the Yak Bros, joining alongside Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and George Kittle. Ronnie Bell is a coach's son. He's tough. He goes after defenders. He breaks tackles. He's not afraid to lower his shoulder, lower his helmet to run your ass over. He's a good athlete. He's dunked on a 12-foot rim before, so he has some of that vertical jumping ability, and he can leap. He makes tough contested catches, and that's something that he did really well at Michigan. And I love the toughness that he plays with. You can tell that he's a coach's son. And he's been catching balls downfield on a variety of routes to his route tree, but he can create some yak with some quick-hitting screens. You get some blockers out in front. That's a staple of Kyle Shanahan's offense. And he's not only earning a roster spot, in my opinion, with how he performed against the Raiders and the Denver Broncos. We're talking about Ronnie Bell here as maybe being a part of this offense, getting some time. And I said this a couple of months ago. He can be that Jawan Jennings replacement. He can be better than that. Both of them, former seventh-round picks. Looks as though the Niners got a really good player with their seventh round selection in Ronnie Bell. He can't have the drops against the Raiders week one and against the Broncos in week two, in which he should have caught the football, tipped it up into the air. That led to an interception because if Kyle Shanahan sees that, he loses trust in you. Then he doesn't throw you the football or give you time. But with the way that Ronnie Bell responded last night especially and just the overall talent, you can't cut that guy. And it's hard to keep him off the field given the impact he might be able to have realistically as a rookie. Been really, really impressed with him. And I wonder if Danny Gray and this injury lingers a little bit. Does he lose a roster spot to Ronnie Bell? How many wide receivers does San Francisco have on this 53-man roster? Because I think Chris Conley could be in that category as well. You're already going to have Ray Ray McLeod on the opening 53. So you already have Brandon Ayuk, wide receiver one. Debo Samuel, wide receiver two. Juwan Jennings. Ray Ray McLeod. After that, are you going five wide receivers? Or are you going six? Because then it's Danny Gray, Ronnie Bell, and or Chris Conley. I'm interested to see how things play out there. Um, as for players expected to return this week on the Niners injury report, George Kittle, Elijah Mitchell, Drake Jackson, Javon Kinlaw, Kalia Davis, as well as Dre Greenlaw. That's six players right there. Before we get to Trey Lance, support the show by hitting that subscribe button, liking the video, commenting, sharing the video as well. Last night, we surpassed 83,000 subscribers. It's a blessing. It's an honor to be able to have this platform talking about a great organization that's very historic with some great fans out there. Really appreciate all of your support. So if you want to stay in the know with all things Niners every single day with some real talk, hit that sub button and like the video. So as far as Trey Lance goes, when we talk about Trey Lance nowadays, it is certainly an absolutely loaded conversation. What a roller coaster ride it was for Lance last night against Denver. And it's been a roller coaster ride for his entire Niners career, if we're being honest. In talking about Lance, for a multitude of reasons, it often, to me, 
comes down to a case where multiple things can be true at the same time. And he's becoming so polarizing as a player, given where he was drafted and what's happened to him so far, that it's difficult for some people to acknowledge that in having conversations about Trey Lance. And nowadays across America, I don't think we're acknowledging that enough, if we're being frank. The interception that Trey Lance threw was a bad throw. He knew it. You could see it in his face. You could see it with his body language. It was not a good play. Trey Lance was understanding of that. He looked so upset and defeated as if he was saying to himself, here we go again. I cannot catch a break. I get some runway to finally get into the game. I do some nice things, and now I throw a pick. Are you kidding me? It's like the same cycle over and over and over again for him. While that was a bad throw, though, what do we all want to see as football fans, as Niner fans, from a quarterback in the National Football League? You want to see a quarterback have resolve. You want to see a quarterback have maturity, leadership skills. You want to see a quarterback respond to adversity, overcoming a bad mistake to finish strong have a short memory, and then come back from that ill-advised turnover and make some big, game-changing plays in which he was ripping balls into some tight windows down the field with some high-level big-boy throws. Trey Lance finished that game strong, and he did it to a really impressive degree. And if anybody out there disagrees with that, the film is indisputable. We're talking about crunch time football here in which Trey Lance led a seven-play, 75-yard drive in three minutes, scoring with 234 on the clock to first make it a 20-18 to game. Niners defense does their job. Lance gets the ball back down a deuce. And the Niners, led by Lance, go 64 yards on eight plays. Don't tell me that Lance didn't make any throws, that he didn't make any plays. The last two drives, this is all you want from a young quarterback. 8 of 10, 142 yards and a touchdown. I don't care it was against backups. For a young, immature player who needs reps, who needs snaps, who needs time, this was a positive step in building his confidence and overall football acumen with how he sees the field, progresses, wasn't as indecisive as he was against the Raiders. We saw improvements from last week. And Trey Lance ripped some throws into some keyholes. Down 20-12, to hits Ronnie Bell on and out. Good yak play by Bell, able to break a couple of tackles. But that's a play in which Lance, couple-step drop, had to throw it all the way to that sideline. He did. It was accurate. That's a tough throw. NFL quarterbacks make it look easy, but that's a tough throw. And then third and 13, Broncos show blitz. I also liked what I saw from Lance here as well because he's able to identify as the play happens what is happening with the defense. Broncos show blitz. They stack the box. They bail. Sometimes a young quarterback can get confused by that, panic, and throw a pick to one of those Backers, who bails? Went through his progressions, hit Cam Latu for that first down. 
Another play. Broncos blitz. Hits Willie Sneed with an excellent throw. An excellent throw. Not as good as the second ball to Willie Sneed, but a really good throw. Then he hits Tay Martin on an in-breaking route. That's timing and precision right there, as well as anticipation. Check that off. Then came the tight-ass window throw to Willie Sneed coming across the middle. Some of you might clip that. If you do, do whatever you want with it. The point here being, that wasn't even NFL open. That was less than that. And Trey Lance, to make that throw on that in-breaking route to Willie Sneed, was as good as it gets. And then after that, he throws a touchdown to Latu, where he starts looking left, nothing there. And maybe, I don't know, not in the quarterback room. I don't know the play. I did watch it back, though. That's why I'm conveying all this. But he starts looking to the left, right? I'm not sure if the design is to look left originally to get the DBs, linebackers, safeties, corners to shift over that side, reading your eyes. But he looks left, and whether he did that, head fake or not, or he went through his progressions, I like it. He looked left, nothing there, or by design, he knew Latu was going down that right seam, and he put it on him. It was a wobbly throw, but he recognized it, and he delivered. Got to catch that football, and Latu, who's had drop issues, was able to make that play. So again, the last two drives for Lance, 8 of 10, 142 yards, and a touchdown. And he was making some awesome, awesome throws. Started weak, finished strong. Said the same during our watch party and our post-game show last night. Now, San Francisco has treated Sam Darnold up to this point, and all of their messaging and all of their actions have led me to believe that Darnold might be QB2, but... Has Lance changed that with this performance? I hope so, because that's what I would do. And if you know ball, you know that Lance made some good throws. And if you think that he didn't play well, you're just lost. And that's why it pisses me off when ESPN did what they did last night on SportsCenter. Because, yes, the juicy thing to talk about for the mainstream media and for ESPN And believe me, I know the agenda and narratives in the mainstream media because I used to work in news media. I literally experienced it firsthand. I left partially because I was tired of it. I wanted to talk sports for a living. It is a thing. The juicy topic for the mainstream media to talk about is Trey Lance struggling once again. Big market team, Super Bowl contender, number three overall pick. They traded three picks to get him. And last week, there was some ugly stuff on film. This week, if we can pile on, that'll get the people talking. But ESPN, like mainstream media, and like the national media, lazy. Didn't put the work in to actually understand what was going on. And for the consumer who pays to watch that network, because you do on your cable bill every single month without you probably knowing it, it's a disservice to the viewer. Because they told a false story. Their highlight package on SportsCenter, it was a joke. Zubin Mahenti was the one who was on air. I would never go on air and say what he did. Because I know it's lazy. He said, Trey Lance, another dismal outing. The numbers look good, but he really struggled. According to those who watch every snap. If you watched every snap, you would know that Lance 
finished the game in spectacular fashion, led two scoring drives, one to pull within two, the other to set up a game-winning field goal, and made some incredible plays that were high-level quarterbacking plays. Yet, you're going to say on SportsCenter that he had a dismal outing? That couldn't be further from the truth. Against the Raiders, did he? You might be able to make that argument. Made some good throws. Made some awful reads. Didn't pull the trigger on a couple of wide-open passes, right? But against the Broncos, dismal to me is not on the last two drives when you go 8 of 10 for 142 yards and a touchdown, ripping some dimes, dropping it in the bucket, showing off some velocity and arm strength and mobility too. And that's my issue. And that's hopefully why a lot of you come here. Because I grew up watching ESPN. As a sports broadcaster, I wanted to work for ESPN. That was my dream growing up. Eventually to get there. And now, I barely watch outside of live sports. Because it's lazy coverage. And us content creators here on the 49ers Report, we know ball. We know what the real deal is. And we know what happens. And we're not going to spit fake to the people out there who come to this show for good coverage. And we're not going to say that Trey Lance had a dismal outing when he didn't. Gotta be better. Gotta be better. All right, that does it for the 49ers report. Wanted to hop on the mic here um, on this Sunday night. So hope all of you out there had a really good Sunday. Going to be going live tomorrow on the 49ers report. Follow me on Twitter. At Chase underscore Senior. I've had some tweets start to really take off in the 49er community, and it's awesome um, considering how large the platform is here. And then obviously looking to grow it on social media as well. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Appreciate the support. Catch you tomorrow. It's the 49ers Report. Peace. 